I want to greet you in God the Father and in our Lord Jesus Christ's name this morning. The one we've heard a lot of already. I enjoyed your service so far, your Sunday school, and about the tongue and uh, the different things that were discussed. Uh, di- discussed. And uh, so, uh, not sure, uh, I wasn't sure what I should preach this morning. I dug out an old sermon that I use quite often on new churches. But I decided I'm not going to do that. It's so much, it's so close to Christmas. But I do want to uh, share some things uh, this morning that uh, in a new church, you started here in June, I believe, or something like that, and uh, a young church, yet you are uh, believers for a long time, or for quite a few times. But I, I, I just, uh, yeah, I, boy, how old are you? How old are you? Six? 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 Ten. The reason I asked them, and I see quite a few young children here, a young church. And uh, I would like for you say this morning it's it's kind of nice here and uh, you're one and you're uh, you're praising the Lord you're worshiping the Lord but these young men sitting here you know we'll see what you are in 10 to 15 years from now. that's what we'll see I guess I'm just going to be honest with you Maybe it's a little harsh, but that's really what you're going to be in 10 to 15 years from now. We'll see. And you know what? We'll see what is in your heart today. That's what comes out. We'll see what's in your heart. I expect it's going to be good, but that's just the way it is. That's the way it is. See, I could ask you this morning, what is in your heart? I... I actually know what's in your heart. Or no, you do. You know what's in your heart. It's what you put in. That's what's in your heart. There's nothing else. If you take a bucket and put water in it, there's water in it. So in your heart, it's what's in there is what you put in. And we just simply can't, we can't get away from that. What is in my heart this morning, that's what I put in. And so, uh, yeah, I just, I wish you God's blessing as you have the mission right here in the hometown, in this little town here of Houndville. And uh, there's a lot of work. And uh, maybe a, a, a little bit of advice. Don't try to run competition with other churches. Because there's a lot to do for each one of us. There's just a lot to do. And so don't, don't try to run competition with them. It's just, it doesn't work. In the, in the kingdom of God, it doesn't work. So, it's Christmas time, and I, and I enjoy talking about Christmas. I enjoy talking about Christmas because the story in itself, as we read the story in Luke 1 and 2 and Isaiah and the different part, Matthew 3, as we look at the Christmas story, the birth of Christ, we notice a lot of things how we really should be. You know, it just comes out over and over and over. What amazes me the most about the Christmas story, I shouldn't say the most about the Christmas story, is the people that God used. 
Now let's say today he would, be, he, would, he would want to write the Christmas story today instead of 2,000 years ago. Where would he go? Uh, he wouldn't come here. He'd go to Plainview, right? That's where he'd go. And you know, I'm pretty bold. And I sometimes say, no, he wouldn't. He'd go to the streets of Meadville. And oh, we just can't get that in our minds, that he would go to the streets of Meadville and, and get somebody to be... To write a Christmas story that just isn't quite where we would like to see it. See, if we look at the names, yes, uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth, they were righteous men. John, the Baptist, the, the man in the wilderness, Mary and Joseph, the shepherds, the shepherds, come on. God using the shepherds to first witness the birth of Christ. The shepherds. Listen, the shepherds were looked down upon people. They were people that, you know, these young boys here, never, they would have not looked at, you know, envy being a shepherd. That was the low-class people. And so he, he picked the shepherds to witness of the birth of Christ. Simeon, Anna, himself, Jesus, Caesar, Augustus, the wise men, the children, and the little town of Bethlehem. He used these things to, to write the Christmas story. And what amazes me the most is there's a new era. Here, the birth of Christ is it started new. It was the old dispensation, and we see that we notice here, and the people would have noticed, here it comes. And it was prophesied from the very beginning of the creation that this is going to happen, that he is going to send a Savior to redeem. I shouldn't say maybe at the creation, but uh, from, from when man sinned, when Eve picked that fruit from that tree, there had to be a redeemer. There had to be somebody. There had to be a redeemer. And he talked about that all the way through the Old Testament. If you're not Old Testament readers, I, I just encourage you to read the Old Testament, to study it. Yes, it's not on the level of the New Testament. It's not, not on that level. But it talks about what, what happened here. And I just, uh, I, I, like, uh, I like prophecy, and, and, and it can become a little boring sometimes, but I would like to read a few of them. Uh, in Isaiah. In Isaiah 9, he says in verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto, the, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and the peace, there shall be no end. The throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it without judgment, with judgment and with justice, from henceforth, even forever, the seal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. We notice here that it was prophesied way before Jesus came that his peace, the peace that comes from Jesus Christ, will last forever. And that is what we can have this morning. That is what I believe that you have. But if you're here and you don't have the peace of God, if you don't have that peace, here is a peace that is everlasting. It was prophesied, this is what Christ Jesus, the little baby, will bring to us. 
It will be forever. So let's start with it here. Do we want it forever? In, uh, in chapter 11 of Isaiah, chapter 11, and there shall come forth a rock, a rock out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow up out of its roots, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of fear, fear of the Lord, and, and shall make him a quick understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove the equity of the meek of the earth, and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall they slay the wicked. And the righteous shall be the girdle of his lines, and the faithful the girdle of his reins. Now, here's what he says. This is, this is what he prophesies. He prophesies here of something that is, should be going on right now. Here is something that should be going on, on right now. Now listen, it, he uses... He uses some things of the creation to explain this. The wolf. What is a wolf? A wolf, you know what a wolf is? It's a dog. A wild dog. And what does he do? He does a lot of killing, right? He does, you know, whenever he thinks he can find something for food, he kills. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. With the sheep. This book here tells me that the wolf, the mad wolf, will lay right down beside the little lamb, beside the little sheep. And he won't eat it. He won't kill it. He won't. A time is coming, he says, when this is possible. This is what's going to happen. And the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and the little child shall lead them. Well, a little child will lead the lamb, or will lead the, 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 the lion. A little child is going to be able to lead the lion. And the cow and the bear shall feed. The cow and the bear are going to eat at the same place. And their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the suckling child shall play on the hole of an asp, and the, lean, the weaned child shall put his hand on the cockatrice then, and they shall not hurt nor destroy in all the holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the, the water covers the sea. And in that day there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. To, to it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. Wow. He takes this, there is going to be now I ask, I just asked this morning, is if our hearts, do we have peace? Do we have that peace that he is talking about? 
with myself and God or with my brothers and sisters, with my family or whatever. Whoever, do we have peace? This is why Christ came. This is why Christ was born in Bethlehem to bring peace to his people. If we don't have it, it's certainly not God's fault. It's certainly not Christ's fault. After all, he grew up and he suffered all kinds of persecution. He went on the cross. He went in, into the tomb. And he resurrected. And he got victory. So it's not his fault. And so if I don't have peace, it's not my brother or sister's fault. It's not my wife's fault. It's not my children's fault. It's not anybody's fault but my own. It's possible here. It was prophesied hundreds of years ago. Thousands of years ago it was prophesied that there will be peace on the earth. Just like a cow and a bear laying down together. Wow. What a kingdom to be part of. What a kingdom to be part of. Beautiful kingdom. Where else would we want to be? But we so often want to be somewhere else. We so often want to just, you know, just have this kingdom for, you know, whenever I need it. No, uh, there's, there's, there's much more in, in, uh, in prophecy. It's just so interesting to read those prophecies and to see and to compare us today with that prophecy. Is this really what happened? Did it really come true? Let's go to Luke. I'm going to read in, in Luke Again, quite a bit to see just simply where are we going with this, with this Christmas story. Let's not lose sight of this. You know, in, in, in the story of, uh, of, of Christ or of God wanting to write the Christmas story or bring the Christmas story to fulfillment, uh, he didn't go to governors, to the Pharisees, the that disease, or to to the however you might say. It. Let's keep this in mind that the everyday people and the Gentiles and the Jews together, and the everyday people can have this salvation. The everyday people, anybody can have this. Nobody can talk us out of it. It is for us, and it's. A new way. It's a different way. It's a new era. It's the beginning, the birth of Christ. It's the beginning of this, this new way. In, uh, in Luke 1, in, chapter, uh, in verse 5, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias, and the court of Abiah, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And there was, they were both righteous, walking in all the commandments and the ordinance of the Lord blameless. And they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both were now stricken, well, well stricken in age. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his, uh, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people were praying 
without at the time, and there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of incense. And Zechariah saw him, and he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angels, but but the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zechariah, for the, thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And as many as of the children of Israel shall, shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and the power of Elias, and to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken years. And the angel answering and said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stands in the presence of God, and sent to speak unto thee, and to show thee these glad tidings. And uh, there's some things here that's so interesting to me. The angel Gabriel, he's been working for a long time. The angel Gabriel. Remember the angel Gabriel going to Daniel? That's interesting. Bringing the message of God. Also what's interesting here is, and let's read it. Yeah, here, here's a, maybe I'll just, I'm getting ahead of my story here, but I would like to, Zachariah said something here that, that was not as good as what Mary said. He said, whereby shall I know this? This story that your wife is going to have a baby, call up John and, and, and all, and, and he says, well, I would like to know, how am I going to know this? We would say that, well, he was righteous, so didn't have any faith. This is what we grapple with a lot. We grapple with that my faith isn't strong enough and my faith isn't big enough. And we sometimes pray that increase my faith and, and I just, what can I do to just get more faith? We'll read later the answer to that. And it's so simple. It is so simple. Have you ever, have you ever struggled with that? I just don't have enough faith. What do we do? Why do we do that? Why do we struggle with that? Let's go on here. They were both righteous and they were blameless. They ex he executed, he wasn't the work of the Lord. He was busy. Have you noticed through the Bible, the people that God uses, have you ever noticed that? That they were all busy. They weren't just sitting around, eating or thrashing. David was taking care of the sheep. The shepherds he used here in the story. Zacharias was, was burning incense. The shepherds were taking care of the sheep. God, when he looks for somebody, to bear his message, he usually goes to a busy person. Now, I'm not teaching 
being a workaholic, okay? That's not my teaching. But being busy about your work, about your mission, is not wrong. I think we see that here. We see that. Why, where, where, by shall I know this? In other words, what he was telling the Gabriel that came from God, he was saying, prove it to me. Just show me something and prove it to me. And that's often the way I am. That's often the way we are. We like to, uh, we like to see science. We like to see proof that this is really the way it is. In verse 45, if we, we go up to verse 45, And this was Elizabeth talking. And blessed is she that believeth, for there shall be farmers of those things which were told from the Lord. There is the answer for our little faith, and it's so simple. If we look about, if we look in Hebrews where about and read about these men of great faith, and Christ said, if you have faith like a mustard seed, how big is a mustard seed? You can't. If I'd have it in my hand, you can't, couldn't even see it. You couldn't see that. But he said, if you have faith like that, you can remove mountains. Right here is the ticket. Right here, it is. It's believing. So what is that different than faith? Well, that makes faith. So, what we have to do is believe that the word of God is true. That's what we have to do to have great faith. Where he says, uh, do unto others as you would want them to do unto you. Do we believe that? So, it's not so hard to have great faith. It's, it's in believing that what God says is true. That's what faith is. That's what great faith is. And we notice this over and over in this story. Mary believed that. Elizabeth believed that. Blessed is the person that believes. And this is why the Christmas story could be written. And this is why, because they found people that believe what they heard is true. If they wouldn't have believed, we might still be sacrificing here this morning. We might still be killing sheep and oxen and burning them. And making sacrifices. But God found people that believed. This is what he wants with this church here in Townville. In the little town of Townville. This is what he wants with Plainview. This is what he wants with us. He wants us just to simply believe him. And then he will take care of that faith. He will, he, he will take care of that So let's not be too worried about you know how much faith we have. If we have, a, if, if, if we have faith like a grain of mustard seed, so small. And if we believe the word of God, then we will have faith.
Let's jump, there's be more to say there, but let's jump to uh, verse 26 of the first chapter. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto the city of Galilee unto Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to men whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angels came unto her and said, Hail, thou that hast highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call him Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. Here we have it again. Here we have it again. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of Jesus Christ, has no end. Be part of it. Grasp and go. That, that's the kingdom we want to be in. We don't want to be in the kingdom. There's two kingdoms here on earth. There, there, there's two kingdoms. The one is God's kingdom. The one is the kingdom of the world. Be sure that you move to the one that God belongs to. That's the kingdom we want to be with because that kingdom we just read lasts forever. And who doesn't want to be in a kingdom? Have, have, do you know of any kingdoms here on earth that lasted forever? The Roman Empire... The, the list goes on and on and on. They had great and big kingdoms, but they all fell. They all fell. They're timely. But the kingdom of God, this Christmas story, this birth of Christ coming into the world, this kingdom is going to last forever. And oh my, if we miss that, if we miss that, it's going to be terrible. It's darkness and it's the other side. We don't even want to talk about that, but we do have to. We do have to talk about that because there's only two in eternity. There's only two places. And that, you're going to be one or the other. That's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, it's hard for me. It's just hard for me to, to think. When I go to your funeral, it's just hard when I think about my history of my, my great-grandparents, my parents, and, and, and on and on and on, and the friends I have, and the old people that passed on. It's hard for me to grasp that anybody is in hell. I, I want to keep it that way, I think. I'm not sure. Maybe, I, maybe you can direct me in that. I, I'd like to keep it that way, but that's, it's not a true thing. Because there's people going to be in hell. The people that have not received Jesus Christ as their Savior. And continue in his kingdom. Those are the ones that are going to be in heaven. We know, we know the separation in, in Matthew 24 and 25. It tells us that come unto me. The ones that have served. Be with me forever. But the other says they're going to be cast in the outer darkness. That's kind of negative on a Christmas message. But this is actually what started right here at the Christmas story. 
Yes, there's going to be a separation. Christ came to make that separation, and that separation is going to be forever. It's going to stay that way. It's going to stay that way. He tells us in Matthew, he tells us that the ones that want to move to one side or the other, they can't. Because there's a big gully in between, and there's no way. There's no way you can get to the other side. You can't get from heaven to hell, hell to heaven. You can't do that. It's not going to work. Leave that. Where was I here? In verse 30, And the angel said unto her, unto Mary, Thou hast found favor, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth his son, and thou shalt call him Jesus. He shall be great, shall be called the son of the highest, and the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto him, unto the angel, How shall this be? Do you notice? Mary said, How shall this be, seeing I know no man? The difference. The difference in Zachariah's answer, a question, and the difference in, in, in Mary's. Do you, do, do you hear what she said? She said, how shall this be? And Zacharias said, Well, whereby shall I know if this is true? I'm adding words here. But Mary just simply said, said How's it going to happen? See, she believed. See the importance of believing? I wonder what would have happened if she would have had the same thing. Well, prove to me how this is going to be. I wonder what, what God would have had to go somewhere else. Probably would have had to go somewhere else. How many times does he have to go somewhere else when he talks to me? How many times does he have to go down the street and find somebody else because I don't believe him? And here's the answer. And, and, and the angel answered and said, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore all, also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin is Elizabeth. She has also conceived the son in old age. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. Wow. For by God, nothing shall be impossible. So, why don't we get our own way all the time? So why don't we get, why, 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 why do people die? Why do, why do people have accidents? Why do people get sick? If we pray and we can have our own way, or you know, it's, it says here that with God all things are possible. One thing we have to realize that we're still in the flesh. See, we're made of three parts. We're made up of the, the soul, body, and the spirit. 
And as long as we're in the flesh, the flesh comes from the earth. We're subject. That flesh is subject to the earth. That that flesh is subject to the earth. And if we believe God, you know, we pray for we pray for different things sometimes, and 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 I'm a believer that God answers all prayers. He does. He answers all prayers. There's some prayers that he might answer after I'm gone from the earth. Have you ever thought that God also answers with a no? Yes, he does. You know, if I pray, if, I, if I'm sick and, and, and he decides to heal me, great. But if he also decides, says, no, I'm not going to heal you, is that important to us? The greatest part of our prayer is not if I can fall down on my knees and pray for an hour and just go for it and just pray and just have all the fancy words in the prayer. The most important part of prayer is that I accept the answer of God. That's the most important part of prayer, that I accept what God tells me in the answer. And if we don't get ready to accept that answer, if we don't get ready to accept that answer, we probably won't hear. We probably will be yapping on and, and, and telling. Uh, Daniel James Byler had a devotional in our church the other Sunday. And he really had a good, good devotional, a good message. And this is what he said. He said, why our... Our prayers are so many times we tell God the answer. We, we, we tell God what we want. And this is the answer. Do it this way. He said, why don't we just pray? He says, we have a problem here. I'd like for you to take care of it. That's a really, really good answer. It was a really, really good answer. Just, just give it to God. And let me answer according to you. But so many times, I have the answer. I have the answer, but, but that's, uh, it was just a good lesson for me. For God, nothing is impossible. The power of God. The other thing in the Christmas story, we noticed that, she said in, in verse, uh, yeah, let's go to that. And Mary said, Listen to this. I want you to listen to this. Listen to this verse. In verse 38 it says, And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angels departed from her. Wow, what a powerful, powerful answer. Let's see it again. And Mary said, Behold, I am yours. So let happen what happens. See, if we look at the Christmas story, again, we look at the shepherds, we look at all these different aspects of the Christmas story, we notice he also found willing people. He found willing people. And that's where he usually goes. When, he needs, when God needs something done here on earth, 
He goes to people that are willing to do it. Good lessons for good lesson for us. See, see Christ's birth, Christ's crucifixion, Christ's resurrection was only the beginning of the Christmas story. See, it's going on right here today. It's still going on. This Christmas story is still going on. And he needs you, willing people, to keep writing unto the end. To keep writing it all the way on to the end. See, it's not over yet. He needs us here on earth to continue to write, to bring this in fulfillment. She went to Elizabeth to talk to her. She quoted Abraham. What we notice here too is many of them quoted uh, scripture. Abraham and the different things. They knew what was going on. They were familiar with, with, with God's, God's, uh, God's things. Let's, re- let's go to 67, and this is when, 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 when uh, the time of the birth came for... Uh, and his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of the servant David. Well, that's kind of uh, odd wording, a horn of salvation. If we would write that today, if one of us would write it, we would probably say uh, a, a little bit different. We would say he has raised up the dominant buck of the area. That's what he would have wrote. He's the boss. He has the power. He's going to rule. The horn of salvation. It was a, an animal he used with a horn, the one-horned animal. And that ruled the roots. That animal ruled. Uh, what was it? A water buffalo? Not a water buffalo, but that animal could outdo the lions and everything. And this is the wording that he uses here. He says he, 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 uh, he raised up a horn of salvation, Jesus Christ. And that means that if we have Jesus Christ, we can, be, we can walk in victory. We can walk in victory. We can overcome anything. Yes, we can overcome the evils of the world because this horn has more power than the other little horns. It has more power than uh, the spike book. He will rule. He will rule. Jesus Christ will rule. And that is who we want living in us. Then we can rule over evils. There's nothing that you can't overcome. You can overcome the evils of the world. You can overcome any bias, any, any, any habits, even coming down to habits. You can overcome them through Jesus Christ. That is what he's saying here. That I will raise, raise up a horn of salvation. Yeah, if your tongue is 
what we, we discussed in Sunday school. If it slips too often, if it's too often too sharp, if it's too often too whatever, here it is. Here it is. You can get victory through that corner of salvation, Jesus Christ. That's why he was born. That's why he, he that's why the Christmas story is all about. Chapter 2. Let's go to Luke chapter 2 for a few verses here. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree unto Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And his taxing was first made when Cyrenius was, uh, was the governor of Syria. And he went to be taxed everyone in his own city. And Joseph went also up into city from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judah, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house and lineage of David. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. Somebody yesterday, we were at my brothers and sisters, we were in, had a, had a, had a our Christmas gathering down in Holmes County, and somebody asked me, wouldn't you, I would like to go to Bethlehem. Wouldn't you enjoy going to Bethlehem, he asked me. I said, well, yeah, but I really don't have to go. Bethlehem is living in me. Yes, I don't have to go to Bethlehem. It would be fun, maybe, but I don't have to go to Bethlehem to see Jesus Christ or have Jesus Christ in my heart. He says he's in us. Just ask him if you don't have him. He's, he'll come. He'll live in you. We don't have to go like the angels or like the, like the shepherds. And verse 6, and so it was while they were there... The days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. And there was, in the same country, shepherds abide. There was no room in the inn. See, that's just what it... It's a lost cause if we don't have room for Christ. The kingdom of God in us. It's a lost cause. We'll leave it. Verse 8, and there was in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And look, the, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find him, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and earth, peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were going away from them in heaven, the shepherds said unto one another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see the thing which is come to pass, which the Lord has shown unto us. I bet they spent many dull nights out there watching the sheep, but this was one, not one of them. This was certainly not one of them. Wow, how great a scene. All at once there was angels there, and they were afraid. And I believe if an angel would come in here, we would all, yeah, we would all, uh, our hair would stand up on the end, maybe. Huh? Yeah, I, I think when a heavenly being, you know, appears, 
You know, I can't see in, the, in I, I don't see anywhere that the, that the person in, 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 in this body, from the very beginning when a heavenly being appeared to them, some of them fell down as dead. And some of them just, you know, they were all, you know, because I think it's so much higher, so much purer, so much greater. But <clears throat> as they were watching their sheep, and again, as I said in the beginning here, why did he go to the shepherds? Maybe even people that aren't so trustworthy. Maybe even people that, you know, he, he could have went to Bethlehem to the mayor of Bethlehem or the mayor of Jerusalem or whoever he could have went to. <clears throat> but he went to the shepherds. So, whatever you think of yourself this morning, if you're here, God forbid, but if you're here and think of yourself as nothing, get rid of that. Get rid of that. If you think that God can't help you, get rid of that, because God grows to you. And God wants you. He wants you. <clears throat> Glory be to God in the highest, uh, highest, and on earth peace and goodwill towards men. Now the angels went, and they seen this. They they found, uh, and and they returned. But in verse seventeen is, is something that I'd, I'd really like. I'd le- really like to read this verse in verse seventeen. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning the child. Is that important to us today? What did the shepherds do? Did they, did they go back and just kept it by themselves? Just, you know, this, 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 this Christ that enters you, this Christ that saved you from your sins, that saved you from your sin. This, this Christ that made you whole, this Christ that gave you peace, are you just keeping it by yourself? Or are you doing as the shepherds here? It tells me that they made it known abroad. To me, it's not they broadcast it. There's probably no better time today than broadcast the good news of Jesus Christ. Because we have the means. We have social media. We have, you know, the list goes on and on and on. If we go <clears throat> after, after Christ was born, they took him to Jerusalem. According to the law, they took him to Jerusalem and, uh, uh, for, to give him back to the Lord. And here there was a guy in, this, in, 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 in the temple by the name of Simeon. And he took him up and he blessed him. He said he was waiting for this from the very beginning of his life, that he was waiting for this to see the Savior. And this is what he said, For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast before, before the face of the people. God had promised him that he, he won't see death before he sees the Savior of Jesus Christ. Oh my. That we would all see the Savior of salvation, the Savior Jesus Christ, before we die. 
Oh, that we would all see him. Yes. Or all experience him. Let's say all experience him. And receive him in our heart. And that is possible. There's, we could talk about the wise man, Matthew 3. Read the story. My time is up here. But that we would all see Jesus Christ. And as we go down the road, the ones, we, that have seen Jesus Christ and have, have this Christmas story living in our hearts. Let me say, we, we had some bumps in the road. And the brothers and sisters uh, uh, hit bumps in the road. I'd like to just leave this at the end. That what is the first thing that I want to do, and, and this is what I'm so afraid of, the gospel today. That I'm, I'm, what I see happening in the world today is we talked about that this morning, about going and, and talking to a brother when there's something wrong. But see, the thing today is that we like to make people feel good. We like to teach a gospel that feel, makes people feel good. You know what that does? That goes right around. It goes right around the very means that it takes to be reconciled with Christ, or to get rid of my sin, or to get rid of my habits. And that word is repentance. It goes right around. We, we, just, we, we, we just talk about it, we just try to move it down and try to get, go, go some other way. The only way to repent, of the only way to Christ, the only way to get rid of my sins is through repentance. That's the only way. And that's what the Christmas story He came so that I can have. So that I can have that repentance. That I can have that salvation through repentance. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father God, we thank you. We praise you. We come to you in the name of Jesus. Yes, this little baby that you brought down here on earth. The one that grew up, did a lot of teaching here on earth, suffered a lot of things. And he went on the cross and he died. He went into the tomb and he resurrected. And he got victory. And that we can have that victory today. We thank you and praise you for that. God, we just pray that whenever we fall by the wayside, that we would repent. God, you have supplied all the means, you have supplied all the tools, you have supplied everything that we can be whole with you again, be reconciled, and oh God, we thank you that we can be reconciled with you when we fall. God, we pray, anybody in here that has not received Jesus Christ, has not that salvation in their heart, that today would be the day of salvation. And we pray for all of us that if we have something in our lives that needs to be changed, that we're willing to repent and to again, uh, be reconciled to you. Thank you for the Christmas story. We just want to pray a special blessing on Abundant Life Church here in Townville. God, I pray that you would bless them with the spirit that they can go forth and that they can be a light, that they can be a, a light, a shining light like the city is set on the hill. We know Townville is down here in the bottom, but God, we know that 
Your church, your kingdom is on top of the hill, shining. And so we pray for each individual here in this church that you would just supply them with that. That you would give them strength as they go forth like the shepherds and made known abroad the salvation of you, O God. Thank you again for that salvation we pray in Jesus.